0: Hey, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. This is season number four, episode number 56. 56. Can you believe it? Wow. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but we haven't been sitting around twiddling our thumbs here. no, we've been... A lot of places. A lot of places, doing a lot of stuff. We were yeah. in Cuba for a little while. That's right. Did you know that there were Jewish people in Cuba?
1: Yeah, it is amazing. We that.
0: found our tribe,
1: even in Cuba. Yeah. There's a synagogue there in Havana, a big synagogue.
0: Yeah, and then we've been doing Passover seders, and we've been doing a lot of writing, and we've been busy, and even most recently, we've been trying to figure out what would be the theme song for this new season of the podcast, and that took forever. Oh, gosh. I, I hope people like it. If yeah. only they got to hear what it was that you wanted. Our, 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 you know. I, I, I had some good stuff. Did you? Are you kidding? Yeah.
1: A little accordion, a little, uh, yeah. Dabba, dum, dum.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and we lost Tevia, you know, yeah. recently too. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Sad time. Sad time. But we're bringing it back and this is season four and we are like an aged wine better than ever. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Is this Manischewitz or what? (laughs) Well,
0: I mean, is there such a thing as aged Manischewitz? I don't think so. You know, here in Kentucky, we probably get some Manischewitz that's been aged in bourbon barrels, and it probably still wouldn't help. (laughs) Listen, it's hard enough finding Manischewitz in Kentucky. (laughs) That's true, actually. We bought everything we possibly could. That's right. The shelf is empty. That's right. Well, and there was only a couple bottles to begin with. But yeah, can you imagine throwing a Passover Seder here in Kentucky, and we need, you know, like 25, 30 bottles of... We did it, though. We did it. Yeah. And yeah. we found some really good atomic horseradish. Probably the strongest oh. batch we've ever had.
1: I'm telling you, we had some response from that horseradish.
0: Man. <laughs> I, I did think there was a second where there's a, there's a guy named Hunter. I thought that Hunter was going down. He turned...
1: Beat Red. Oh, yeah. I saw him. I thought he grew another nostril.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> well, hey, uh, that's uh, what you're going to get when you're here with us. Uh, for, for better or for worse, you can either play this a little bit faster or you can skip to the next episode, but you, you, we're not changing for nobody. Is that right? For I'm, nobody. For nobody. I mean, you spent your entire life not changing for nobody. That's right. Yeah. You were threatening me. You said in another 27 years, I'm going to be exactly where you are today. Yeah.
1: So there will be some change for you.
0: Yeah. And speaking of change, um, yeah. we've we've now tried another microphone setup for you. We're off the headset. We're going to see if you can keep yeah. your, your yeah. face in front of the microphone. God, he complains all the time. Well, it's just how we do it. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome. This is the Jewish Road podcast. And uh, enough of that banter. When we say the Jewish Road, we say that it's like A two act play, what does that mean?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's as if the Jewish people, all the Jewish people bought tickets to this two act play, and they went in and they saw the first act, they loved it. At intermission, they got up, went out to the lobby, maybe got a drink, and they went home.
0: Yeah. And meanwhile, all of the Gentiles in the world, they got tickets to the exact same play probably on Ticketmaster, and they had to pay extra fees, but we won't get into that. And so they get there, but you know they, they didn't get there for the first act. They got there a little bit late. In fact, so late, they showed up at intermission, probably crossed right by the Jews in the lobby. They went in, they saw the second act, they said, this is great. But the tragedy is what? Neither side saw the whole play. Yeah, they didn't see the whole thing. And so we get to stand right here in the middle, because we've seen both parts. Yeah. Both acts. And we actually think it's a phenomenal story if you get to tell the whole thing.
1: Yeah. So we we want to bring Act 1 and Act 2 together so we get the whole story.
0: And when we say Act 1 and Act 2, we're talking about... The Old Covenant or the mm-hmm. Tanakh, mm-hmm. those scriptures, uh, and we have the New. And I really don't like the terms "old" and "new," but that's what everybody knows them as. Yeah. But we have this first part and the second part, and I and both groups really kind of look and say, "Well, that part that's that's for the Jews, and that's you know that's the old." But give we want what's relevant, what's what's going to apply to my life today. That can only be found in the New. And when you take that and you divorce and you put it over here and say that's not for us. It's not so good. But then the Jews, they do the same thing with the New Testament, right? Yeah. Well, I was one of them. I uh
1: I grew up, only saw the first act of uh, the play. Yeah. And then we, we but you heard about the second act? Yeah, I kind of heard about it. Here and there, but uh, you know, that's for somebody else. It's another religion. Yeah.
0: And you know, one of these days we're going to really we're going to just go all out. And I'm just going to give you the microphone, you're going to tell the whole story because I feel like Oh. You know, lately we've been speaking in some places, and what's the one thing I tell you about your testimony when you when you share your story? What do you tell me? I, keep it short. Oh, keep it short. You say how <laughs> much shorter can yeah. I keep it? And he's say, always keeping me. He's always telling me to keep it short. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta try to. We're yeah. working on it. You're you're doing better though. I'm I'll doing, say. I'm doing better. Yeah. 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 I almost got to the part where I'm not saved. Yeah. Well. Almost. All right, so here we go. Um, We are in the midst of uh, Passion Week. Some people call this the Holy Week. Yeah, Passover coming up. Passover is right here. In fact, by the time you listen to this, we will be right in the middle of Passover um, and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And we want to really... you know, we, we have a whole series, and you can go and listen to some past podcasts, we have some blogs and all that stuff, but we talked about this as being uh, the Passion Week through Jewish eyes, and uh, our eyes are still Jewish, and we're still talking about it, but uh, even the more that we talk about it, we, we keep coming onto things that have been there all along, and then just kind of leaping out to us anew.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how uh, you're so familiar with this for so many years, and... You know, all of a sudden, like you say, there's, there are new things that, uh, that pop up. Uh, I remember being one of the first act people, act one people, I should say, uh, and only going through Passover in our traditional Jewish way. Uh, th- that was all that I knew. And then when I found out that Yeshua, Jesus, is actually our Messiah, uh, it gave a whole new understanding to what Passover actually was. Yeah,
0: and so we're we're going to look at this, and, and today's not really about Passover, um, the, but but what we really want to do is we're going to just back it up a couple days. Um, we're gonna we're gonna look at the triumphal entry uh, of Jesus riding into Jerusalem, uh, and what we've really come to discover it as is. Lamb Selection Day, it's the 10th of Nisan. Give us the quick, the quick overview. All right, I'll try. Yeah. Well,
1: it it was actually on the 10th of Nisan. It's what uh, our friends in the church uh, actually know and refer to as Palm Sunday. Uh, It's the day of the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. But there's something that that we miss. Um, and that uh, that that which we miss is, is a really important and significant part of this particular season and what Jesus was actually doing because when he rode into Jerusalem on that day he was riding in on the Hebrew calendar on the 10th of Nisan the tenth day of the month of the on the Hebrew calendar Nisan and that was significant because in Exodus chapter 12 um, that was the day that Moses told the Israelites, before they left uh, for Egypt on that last, uh, the 10th plague that was coming, the slaying of the firstborn, to select a lamb. And the lamb was selected on the 10th of Nisan, which they had to watch for uh, the next four days until the 14th of Nisan when they would slay it and they would uh, offer it as a sacrifice.
0: Now, there, there's a connection between... This entire Exodus motif and the entire Lamb motif, and really we get the stage set uh, from the very first chapter of the Gospel of John. Right, John one twenty nine. He says, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." And that immediately, and and this is this is what we're. It's a perfect. Text for us, if you look at that, when you see when you see that that New Testament audience, when you see those words, the Lamb of God, it's immediately a hyperlink going back. Where else are we talking about lambs? Where does this first show up? Well, it's it's right here right in this book.
1: Yeah, in the book of Exodus. We yeah. go right back to that.
0: And so this is the tenth of Nisan. This is the day you 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 set aside the lamb. Jesus comes in from Bethany he's on the top of Mount of Olives and he's riding into Jerusalem and it is lamb selection day yeah yeah people in Jerusalem on this day they're setting their their lambs aside right and then Jesus is now riding into Jerusalem
1: yeah um and he's he's coming in and they are laying down palm branches before him um and they're you know they're proclaiming him to be the king and the Messiah. Uh, that's who they think he is. That's what they are proclaiming. And you know the interesting thing is, is that we get the whole thing of the palm branches out of Leviticus 23, uh, beginning in verse 39. And those verses in Leviticus 23:39, a lot of times uh, they get moved over into the triumphal entry, what did I say? (laughs) You said
0: the triumphal, which is a totally different holiday altogether. The (laughs) triumphal entry and then the triumphal entry, but that's fine. Here's where it shows up though. So this is in Matthew and it says, as they approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples, said, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them, bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. And this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. And then we go back to Zechariah 9.9, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So all, all of this, this is what we're reading in what we would consider act two of the two act play, but it's taking us all the way back to act one of this play.
0: That's right. And so... You know we have we have this this passage from Zechariah and and Jesus is now coming in. and as he's doing this, this is what you're you're talking about. It says that there's a very large cl- crowd there and they split sm- <laughs> now you did this to me now. I can't say anything. <laughs> the triumphal entry. <laughs> it's a that, new holiday. <laughs> it is. We're making stuff up here. A very large crowd, they spread their cloaks on the road. Because, you know, the king doesn't touch the road, right? We're we're going to cover it. We don't even want the donkey's feet to touch the road. And it says, others, they were cutting branches from the trees and they spread them on the road. And the crowds went ahead and they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Now, palm branches is this keyword. It's a hyperlink also, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: this is something that we go back to Leviticus
1: 23.
0: You got to talk in the microphone though. Remember this? We, we talked about this ahead yeah. of time.
1: Yeah. Right. Levit- Leviticus 23. Yeah. And in verse uh, 39. There you go. And we read on the 15th day of the seventh month. Okay. Now this is the seventh month. Uh, this is not the first month. The first month is Nisan. But on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the produce of the land, you shall celebrate the Feast of the Lord seven days. Okay, so this is the Feast of Tabernacles, what we uh, call
0: Sukkot in uh, Hebrew. Also the, the Feast of Booths, right? Feast of Booths. It, it helps that there's three names for every holiday. Yeah, right. three 3,000 spellings. Yeah,
1: yeah because uh, what we do on that holiday is we build booths, we uh, take palm branches, and we build uh, that as a roof, and we lay them on the ground, we make the walls, we do everything with the palm branches and the, and the Leaves of trees, and so on. Well, uh, th- this is what uh, Moses is instructing in this month. I think it's the month of Tishrei, And uh, you uh, shall take on the first date the fruit of the splendid trees, branches of palms and boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. Okay, so uh, there is this picture that, palm branches and leaves of trees, leafy trees and all that, that is what's taking place at the triumphal entry, and I have actually heard uh, well-intentioned pastors, a lot of them that I like, uh, make this reference to what is taking place on what they would call Palm Sunday, what we call the 10th of Nisan, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And so they are laying these things down, and it's really a misinterpretation of what's taking place because it's as if uh, the people there are laying down palm branches and they're looking for the coronation of the king, the Messiah, coming in. And the thing is, is that he's coming in, but not to offer the kingdom, you see uh, okay
0: now i i know where you're going to go with this so hold on don't don't give away the the headline okay, right, just yet okay so let let's let's add a little context to this for a second because what's happening is they they are expectant if you look at at tabernacles overall yeah. we have to look at this in different time zones right the first time zone is we have the Israelites that are coming out of Egypt, and for forty years they're in the wilderness. And what do they live in? They live in tents. Tents, booths, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, what do, what were they doing fourteen hundred years later at the time of Jesus? They're still building these booths, not because they have to. It's to remind them that they were there. And God dwelled with them even and, and took care of them. You're even supposed to leave like a little bit of space so you can see the stars in yeah. the sky, right? Yeah. And it reminds right. us that we had some time in the wilderness and we dwelled with God. But then there's this prophetic aspect to it, and it's longing for a future kingdom where we will, once again, when God makes all things right, that we will dwell with Him again. And it actually says, this is one of those holidays, Sukkot, Feast of Booth, Feast of Tabernacles. This is one of those holidays that we will be celebrating in eternity. Remember? Right. That's right. Zechariah 14. That's that's
1: one of the celebrations. We look forward to uh, the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths as the return of the Messiah when he'll tabernacle with us. He'll dwell with us.
0: Right. So this is at the end of the age. Zechariah 14, it says, I think it's what, verse 16. Then the survivors from all the nations that have attacked Jerusalem will go up year after year to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, and to celebrate the festival of tabernacles. Right? This is yeah. the Lord will bring... All of the people together and God will dwell with his people. This is the kingdom. So yeah. when they are pulling out the palm branches, when they're putting the cloaks there and everything's being set up, what are they expecting? Yeah. Well, they're expecting the kingdom. Right. So this is this is this like if we're gonna title this, and we haven't titled this yet, but it's it's this misinterpretation. They are expecting the kingdom, but they're wrong. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean you're right, you're correct. Okay. Thank um. you. The, uh, the expectation is they have the Messiah. They're looking for him really though, to throw off the yoke of Rome that is upon them and set up the kingdom. Uh, so that's why the palm branches are coming down. But as you said, it's, a, it's really a misinterpretation because him riding into Jerusalem on that particular uh, day on the 10th of Nisan, Uh, was for a completely different purpose. He had already offered the kingdom uh, three and a half years in all of his teaching, and a year and a half earlier, um, the kingdom, you can look at it in Matthew chapter 12, uh, he was rejected as Messiah, and the offer of the kingdom was rescinded from that Jewish generation. Let Let me make a point of that, because the kingdom wasn't then... Uh, given over to the church, the kingdom will be given to another Jewish generation, the one coming out of the Great Tribulation. But the fact of the matter is, as we're sitting here in the first century, the Jewish people are believing that they have the Messiah, they have the King coming, and they are looking for the kingdom, and they have jumped right over uh, the feast that they are getting ready to celebrate right then, which is Passover,
0: Okay, so number one, if I had a nickel for every time I heard what you just said, uh, I would be a millionaire because you you love to talk about this and it's it is important. But I think it's maybe I've just heard it way too many times. But it is true that they what what Jesus came to do is bring the kingdom and and but Jesus was rejected. Uh, the kingdom will come. The kingdom is here, but the kingdom will come. Yeah. And it's this, here. It's here already, but not yet. Right. And and I think a lot of Christians have heard this. Right. It's, spoken is that there will uh, the the people during that time in the first century they were expectant they what they thought was that Jesus was going to overthrow Rome and then the kingdom would be there this is also not the first time though that that the disciples the followers of Jesus get this wrong right you go to the Transfiguration
1: yeah well there's another great uh, example because uh, for example in in Matthew chapter 17 the um, We have Peter and James and John going up to the Mount of Transfiguration with Yeshua, with Jesus. And all of a sudden, there appears Moses and Elijah in great whiteness and lightning. And uh, Peter says, wow, this is great. Uh, Let's build tents. We'll build three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, why does he say, let's build tents?
0: Yeah, in fact, it says in Luke, right? It says, let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Yeah. And it says he didn't know what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he didn't know what he was saying. Why, what is it that he didn't know what he was
0: saying? Well, he's talking about tents, right? So yeah. is this a callback to
1: yeah. booths and taverns? Yeah, I, I believe it is, yeah. because uh, Peter is getting ahead of himself, again, just as uh, they will do, on that day of the 10th of Nisan, the triumphal entry, Peter is looking for the kingdom. They're always looking for the kingdom.
0: Which is not a bad thing, right? No. Let's, let's not knock them for that. Like, N- no. If, if only more people today were looking for the kingdom instead of looking yeah. for everything else. Yeah.
1: Right? yeah. Uh, but, y- you know, they are. They're excited. Uh, they, they want the kingdom to come. They want Yeshua, Jesus, to ascend the throne of his father, David and rule from jerusalem that's why they asked him those questions in matthew 24 you know when are these things going to be and what is going to be the sign of your coming and what's the sign of the end of the age and you know they're asking him when are you going to uh take over all of this uh so the same thing is happening here in matthew 17 the mount of transfiguration they're looking for the kingdom <laughs> even after the resurrection You know, the first question is, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Are we going to do it now? Is it now? Is it now? Right? Yeah. It's it's like... <laughs> is it now? Is it Tuesday? Right? When it, is it going to be? It's,
0: it's like when the kids have dinner, and they have to get to dinner to get to dessert. And there's a lot of negotiating, right? Like, can we have dessert now? Can we have dessert now? And you say, well, no, you got to eat your vegetables. And they take one bite of vegetables. All right, I did. Can I have dessert now? Yeah. No. The kingdom is not yet. The kingdom is coming. And what's interesting is that Jesus, as he's coming in on the 10th of Nisan... For Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry, Jesus knows something that not everybody else knows. He knows that he's coming to the end of his life and his mission on earth. Right. And he even says in the Gospel of John, he says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Right. No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. That's right. And so he doesn't come on a war horse. His expectation is not that he would come to conquer. He didn't come as the conquering king so before jesus could observe and celebrate with the people sukkot there was another holiday that had to take place and that was yom kippur
1: That is the holiday that precedes uh, in the fall feasts. It comes just before the feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot, um, and you know it's uh, it's a really good illustration of something. I know we're talking about Passover. I don't want to confuse the people, but I just want to jump over to Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement, just for the purpose of illustration, uh, because there's something that takes place. Uh, during that particular time of Yom Kippur. And that is that the high priest would have two goats. They're two identical goats, one on each side. And uh, he would uh, place his hands on the head of the goats. And on the one goat, he would confess the sins of the people. And someone is ready to take that goat and lead it then out of the city.
0: Yeah, and so people literally, the, the the sins of the people of the entire community are cast on that on that goat and they would literally watch their sins leave the camp, never to return again.
1: Right, and uh, yeah, they don't ever wanna see that one again. Right. And the other goat then is then killed and used as the sacrifice. Now, we bring this up... Uh, it might seem a little confusing because we're talking here all the time about Passover and that's the season that we're in, but there's an illustration here in Yom, uh, with Yom Kippur and that illustration, if, if I can take that that I just told you about the high priest and the two uh, identical goats, um, if we go back to uh, Passover, we find uh, standing before Pilate on the one side is Yeshua and on the other side is barabbas and the interesting thing is barabbas is is kind of an aramaic form of barabbas son of the father and of course yeshua is the son of the father but what's really interesting is and not a lot of people know this uh, barabbas's first name was also Yeshua. So, you know, in terms of like two identical goats that the high priest had at Yom Kippur, we have Yeshua Bar Abba on one side and we have Yeshua Bar Abba, the true son of the father, on the other side. And Pilate wanted to let uh, Yeshua, Jesus, uh, go free uh, because he even said himself, I find nothing wrong with him. But the people wanted Barabbas to go free. Uh, And they had a choice to release one prisoner at this time of year. And so Barabbas was set free. The guilty one was set free. And Yeshua then uh, was the sacrifice. He went to the cross and he died for the sins of the people.
0: Basically, he became sin, right? He who knew no sin became sin on behalf of the people. And that is how he became
1: our atonement. Right and so uh, you you have really a picture of all of us you uh, and we are the ones who were set free you would say that the guilty ones were set free just like the goat that had all of the uh, sins confessed on it and was taken away and the other one was sacrificed Uh, So you and I are really Barabbas in this picture, in this situation.
0: Yeah. And those two identical goats, like that picture, I mean, if you just, if you superimpose, right, I'm picturing like a movie scene where... You know, you're there. Leviticus 16. You have the high priest and you have the two goats, and then it just dissolves into this new scene. And you have Pilate, and Pilate's there. And and you know, we give the context of this entire week. Jesus is being scrutinized and confronted, and has all these conversations with all the leaders of Israel. And and they find it's after all these interactions. It says they dared not ask another question. They didn't say another word. So all of them, Jesus proved himself to be the worthy lamb who could be slain, who could go forward. But then you. Have, you have Pilate, and he's standing there with both of these. And it even says in the NIV, uh, it says, at that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. The NIV. The NIV says that. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Well, even Origen, all the way back in the second century, uh, in his commentary to Matthew, uh, made reference to the fact that uh, his, his name was Yeshua. I don't know why it wasn't put in the scripture, maybe just for lack of confusion' sake. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but they left all the Marys in there, so yeah, that that kept us real (laughs) confused. So didn't help us or John's. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. But that that is the picture, and and so Jesus, as he is coming into Jerusalem, you know, he knows that he is coming to the end of his life and his mission on earth, and and he knows that the kingdom is coming. He's thinking in his head, I know tabernacles is coming. But first, there has to be Passover. First, there has to be an atonement. And his atonement, his blood, was not just a yearly annual, but it was once, once and for all.
1: Yeah, once for all time. Uh, and, you know, when he shed his blood, uh, the curtain in the temple at the Holy of Holies was torn from
0: top to bottom. Right. Well, and, and this motif of a lamb, uh, you see it over there in Exodus. You see this in the in the life of Jesus, and John is declaring it. But then I just encourage you as a as a little extra if you want to jump in a little bit more. At the end of the story in Revelation 5, it says, Then I saw a lamb. And really, the lamb will be the center of our worship. If, if all of the angels are singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the other song that's being sung for all eternity is that the lamb is worthy. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. To him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the Lamb.
1: Yeah. Uh, they don't depart from that
0: picture. Yeah. And, and we know one day we will celebrate in the kingdom and and the Lord will be magnified. Uh, but in this season, especially as we are looking towards uh, Passover, which is uh, commemorated in the church as, as Good Friday, uh, and then as even as we get into First Fruits, um, there is hope. And, and we don't have any of this if we don't have... resurrection and that's what we're going to talk about next time we come together yeah it's going to be a real exciting time all right let's wrap it up here okay Uh, before we do we just want to let you know uh a couple things number one we love to come out and speak in churches so if you are at a church or you represent a church or you want to start a church and have us come whatever (laughs) it is uh we'll come where will we go do you have any limits on where you would go We'll go anywhere yeah bangladesh i don't know yeah. all right you know what's interesting though we're getting <laughs> we're getting folks like uh from india we're getting people from australia uh we have somebody who's been writing us from australia yeah and, who are following yeah following we we have some friends who are all over the place. we got somebody from oklahoma just the other day which yeah. is pretty fun <laughs> um so we got uh we got people we have a, a lot from israel yeah a lot from israel really like uh, outside of the united states israel is uh, the next uh, biggest audience for us pretty great so we're excited we're happy to go anywhere and everywhere and also uh we are speaking of going anywhere and everywhere we are going to israel we are going to the holy land and yeah. that's october 8th to 20th are you excited about that yeah i'm excited yeah get back there yeah go again no, yeah
1: that's great best place Always to teach love to be
0: in the land yeah would you rather be here in the basement in kentucky or would you rather be on a boat on the sea of galilee don't talk to me yeah all right hey if you're interested uh we have a few spots left and would love to have you join us and you can do that by going to the jewishroad.com slash israel and uh, feel free to ask us any questions we know it's a big commitment but there's not a better commitment when it comes to an investment in your spiritual life so that is it for us thank you for listening This is the beginning of a new season, and we're excited that you're joining us. So until next time, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim.
1: Yes, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, especially in these days.
0: Shalom.